going on, guys? You're sitting at home on the couch doing nothing? That's why you're gonna subscribe to Black is the New Rich, so you can learn something, educate your family, educate your friends. Do it all. Black is the New Rich. Peace. There's a window of opportunity here. Prices are down. Yes, the carrying costs for property are a little bit higher. We've gotten the wish that we've been hoping for for the past two years. Everyone's been complaining about prices skyrocketing through the roof. Mm -hmm. We're finding to see that pullback. Are you going to execute now on that opportunity that's really presented itself? Because I don't see this window of opportunity lasting for an eternity. We're back again, episode 23, with our first repeat guest. We got Royston here to talk about what's going on in the market because mortgages are up and the real estate market is kind of going crazy. So we need to know what's going on. Congratulations. Thank you, bro. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a big accolade right there. I mean, I got the MJ podcast with the 23rd episode and I'm back for the second time. It kind of goes hand in hand. 100%. You know? So um, I guess for those who are unaware, my name is Royston Simon. I'm a mortgage agent um, slash real estate investor slash co-host of my own podcast as well, too. Dope. And YouTuber. So um, I specialize in, you know, just knowing what's going on in the market and knowing what's going on with the financing aspect of real estate. And I'm here to update you guys on exactly that. Okay. So let's okay. dive into it. Okay, let's get right into it. Yeah. So right now the mortgage rates are up. Mm -hmm. The fear is up. Super high. <laughs> what are, what should be what should people be looking for right now? Well, I mean, you started off by saying rates are up. Yeah. The fear is up through the roof. Yeah. But also prices are down, right? Mm -hmm. So right now, I think what that is, it leaves people in a really like confused state because yes. they're like, okay, prices are finally down. But the but rates are up. The rates are up. And what does that mean exactly? So mm -hmm. that means that affordability is kind of waning on in the red right now, right? Okay. Because what it costed you to borrow X amount of money maybe this time last year is is more now, right? Okay. So your carrying costs are going to be a lot more unaffordable. Okay. So even though right the pr purchase price might be lower, mm -hmm. your mortgage associated with that purchase price is higher. Is higher. Does that mean it evens out though? Or so it, I think it's going to be circumstantial for everybody, right? Okay. And that's why I think at this time more than ever, you really got to know your situation and know your numbers and what exactly it is that you're trying to do. What are your goals, right? So for people who are maybe looking to buy their primary residence or their first home, and yeah. they've been waiting for a very long time because prices were through the roof last year, we were all frustrated. Now yeah. there's been a cooling. Yes. So now that there's an opportunity now to maybe snag a property at a price that's more affordable for you or, you know, on the purchase price, the price tag it, yeah. anyways. But the monthly tag associated with that, you got to make sure it's within your budget. Uh -huh. Right. So that's why it's good to really do your due diligence and talk to your professionals and know exactly what you can afford. Right. Because if I talk to you and you're like, OK, hey, um, what can I really afford in the market right now? And I'm like, okay, I do your numbers. I, I, I look at what you make. I look at the debts you already have outstanding. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, Corey, you know what? You can afford to purchase a property that's, you know, half a million dollars. Uh -huh. Well, you need to know that with that mortgage now that might cost you 2,400 a month, mm -hmm. does that really fit your budget? Mm -hmm. Like, are you comfortable paying that on a month to month basis, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you can afford to buy it mm -hmm. and actually secure that property, but are you going to be comfortable carrying that cost? Also knowing that depending on what type of mortgage you're in, that that monthly payment can fluctuate as you go along in the next couple of months, right? Okay, makes sense. Exactly. So we're seeing now, everyone's seeing, okay, Bank of Canada raises interest rate again, yes. raises the interest rate again. Yeah. And that means that your payment is now a little bit more yeah. higher than it was previous, right? So knowing what your payments would fluctuate to and knowing that that's still within your budget is key at this moment because you don't want things to kind of tip over too far. And then you're like, well, and then you're scrambling. How am I paying my mortgage this month? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why it's really like, 
it's all circumstantial. And it's all about knowing your situation, what your goal is, and staying within your personal affordability. Okay, dope. So with these uh, mortgage rates going up, will a lot of buyers not qualify now or how is that working? That's a good question. I like that question because I think it's really important to key in on the fact that it's not a matter of people not a, not qualifying. Okay. You're still going to qualify. You just might qualify for less, right? It's not mm -hmm. a simple yes or no question, right? Okay. People could come to me and I say, hey, you know, I just told you that you qualify for half a million dollars in mortgage money, right? Okay. Well, maybe now with the rates changing, maybe now your qualifying rate changes. So I want to clarify something really quickly. So what is a qualifying rate? So I know there's a really good buzzword out there that people are probably familiar with, which is the stress test. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what the stress test is, is basically the rate that you'd be getting plus 2%. And that's what the bank is going to see if you can afford this property oh, or not. Just in case something happens. Exactly. It's that or 5.25. Okay. Right. That's how it's been for the past five, six years. Okay. Okay. So as of right now, let's say you're getting a rate of 3.25 variable okay. rate, right? So that could fluctuate, that can go up or it can go down. They're gonna qualify you at 5.25 okay, to make sense. sure. But now what the problem is, is as rates keep climbing, it's always gonna be the higher of the two, 5.25 okay. or your interest rate plus 2%. So now as rates continue to get higher, that now that qualifying rate is gonna be higher. Oh, geez. Exactly. So now let's just say your variable rates now are gonna be in the realm of like 3.75. Yeah. Now your qualifying rate that the bank is gonna- 5.75. Is 5.75. Ah, okay, so that's why when I say now, it's not a matter of you not qualifying at all, it's more so a matter of maybe you qualify for less. Mm -hmm. And that's what people have to be cognizant of, right? Because let's just say now, we had a conversation in February and I told you, yeah, Corey, you're good for that half a million dollar purchase. Okay. Well, now if you waited too long and rates now go up too high and I your qualifying rate changes and you still go buy at half a million. I'm screwed. You might be screwed because I'll be like, whoa, you actually qualify for 450. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, $450,000. Yeah. And then now it's like, well, how do you qualify for that mortgage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why knowing these things and have these conversations beforehand, which I really stress to everybody, have your conversations before, have them preemptively, know your situation yeah. and act accordingly within it yeah. is really key because you don't want to put yourself in a situation where maybe you've overexerted yourself and now you're scrambling to qualify for something that you don't qualify for anymore. Because that's where we're heading to in this climate right now in the second half of this year is where rates are climbing up to another realm right now that we haven't seen in the past two, three years, you know, pandemic rates that we had were extremely low mm -hmm. and lower than the norm. Yeah. And now we're getting into that phase right now where rates are back to where they were pre-pandemic. Okay. And we're going to slowly tiptoe maybe beyond that to kind of hedge inflation, which is what this is all about right now. Okay. Right. Rates are getting really aggressive to kind of hedge inflation. Okay. And that's why things are getting into a situation where it's like, you better know your situation before you end up in a sticky situation. Okay, dope. So I'm hearing words like recession, mm -hmm. I'm hearing words like market crash. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what's your prediction or what's going on with those type of words right now? Oh man, this is so tough to answer those questions because like, you know, people really want you to whip out like a crystal ball and tell <laughs> yeah. you, yo, it's gonna be a crash next month, yeah, be yeah. ready. And I'm like, I can't really predict that per, per se, right? But yeah. what I can do is look at the numbers, look at the trends and then make my best educated guess with those numbers, right? Okay. So. As you said, like, you know, there's people are saying there's a crash, there's a recession. Mm -hmm. And I think if you look at the term recession is very much so in play, right? Okay. It's it's not something that I think is, you know, is ambiguous right now. It's it's clearly we're heading into a recessionary time. And I would say that it's key to really have cash on hand, make sure that you know you're secure in whatever your employment situation is, because mm -hmm. we're getting to a situation right now where things are very, very unsure, like it's up in the air, right? Okay. But what that means for the market in terms of it crashing, I think that's a really tough 
question to answer in terms of it being a crash. What do you define as a crash, right? Yeah, and that's really what it boils down to (laughs) because I think there's no there's no doubting that the fact that the market has seen a pullback. Mm -hmm. It's cooled off significantly. I've seen in some places we're seeing as much as fifteen percent price drop from you know February prices. However, does that justify it being a crash? Mm -hmm. I don't really think so. And do I see it becoming a crash later on down the road? I also don't think so because if you look at the numbers, I mean, it's still a supply and demand issue. There's still mm-hmm. a massive housing shortage and we're still letting in, I think it was, I saw a graph somewhere the, the other day of $400,000, I mean, sorry, 400,000 immigrants yeah. um, for the year yeah, and then expecting the same number again next year. Yeah. So if you're increasing the amount of people yeah. that are going to be looking to buy houses and, needing homes, yeah. and you're not building houses fast enough, I don't see how a crash could happen. Could really happen, right? So, it all depends on what you're really defining it as. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, um, I saw another stat the other day too, where immigrants, um, majority of them, I think it's the average time that they buy property after landing in Canada is about 18 months. Uh-huh. So they come, they land, they figure out what needs to be done to own a property, and they put that plan into motion right away. And then in a year and a half they've achieved that goal right mm-hmm. so if that's the trend that we see with immigrants that come into the can- into canada i don't really foresee a crash, crash happening yeah, because yeah. they're going to purchase sense. at whatever the price is at the time of right and i think one question i have for people who are you know i've seen a lot of people that are really like anxious for a crash like well i can't wait because <laughs> yeah, yeah. once there's a crash i'm about to i'm gonna get my hands on a, a detached home for 50 bucks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like not gonna happen we're seeing the pullback now yeah and those same people that were waiting for the crash, are they going to do anything? Like, yeah. what? There's a window of opportunity here. Yeah. Prices are down. Yes, the carrying costs for property are a little bit higher, but we've gotten the wish that we've been hoping for for the past two years. Everyone's been complaining about prices skyrocketing through the roof. Mm-hmm. We're finally to see that pullback now. We're starting mm-hmm. to see that pullback now. Mm-hmm. Are, are you going to execute now on that opportunity that's really presented itself? Because I don't see this window of opportunity lasting for an eternity. Yeah, for right? sure, for sure. I predict that, you know, after we've successfully cooled down inflation, yeah. that rates are going to go back to that place where it was a little bit more comfortable to make purchases okay. and more comfortable to carry your mortgage. Okay. And then prices will continue doing what they oh, were doing okay. for the past 50, 60, 70 years, which is continue to go up. Okay. Real estate, if you look at the grand scheme of things and you zoom out on that graph, even though there might be a dip temporarily, mm-hmm. always bounces back. So real estate goes up and down on its way up. Yeah. And I think if you see an opportunity right now, which you Take we that. all see where yeah. prices are down from where they were, you know, five, six months ago. Yeah. Take that. Take take that opportunity and, mm-hmm. and you know, seize that moment. But that's really what I think that this is right now. I think I don't call it a crash. I think it's a cooling and I think it's a window of opportunity for a lot of people who are maybe on the sideline waiting to buy a home. Okay, dope. So I remember our first episode, we were talking about variable rates and fixed rates, right? Mm-hmm. So like you said, um, prices of houses are going down. So if you were to get like something like a variable rate, that mm-hmm. could benefit you when this price, the interest rates come down again. So rates are going up right now. No, sorry, sorry. Yeah. So as rates are going up right now, mm-hmm. when it cools down, it will go down. Exactly. So get this price now. Exactly. And that's, that's. I'm glad you, you brought that up, right? So variable rates, everyone freaks out when they see the rates going up. Everyone heard, okay, well, I think last month it was, uh, not last month, a couple months ago was 0.5 mm-hmm. after another 0.5 that had already happened. So mm-hmm. now we're up a whole percent from previous. And 
um, in the middle of July, we're expecting another rate hike of about 0.75, right? Oh, wow. So that's a lot. That's a huge jump in the matter of a couple of months. And I'm not going to sugarcoat that at all. That's a huge, drastic change in your mortgage payments, right? Yeah. Because your mortgage payment is not going to stay the same as the rate changes, obviously, yeah. right? That's the downside to a variable, right? Yeah. But what people fail to really acknowledge as well in the same breath is the fact that rates go down on your variable as well, too, within mm -hmm. that same five-year term, right? So mm -hmm. right now we're seeing rates go up. Yeah. But during the pandemic, if you had a variable rate in 2019 yeah. and rates were continually going down during the pandemic, you were benefiting. Yeah, exactly. So yes, things might be aggressive right now, but that's why I think if you're in a position where you buy smart and you buy intelligently and you buy within your means, yeah. That rate going up for the short term to hedge inflation, to bring prices of everything else back down. Yes, your mortgage might be a little bit higher right now, but when things cool off and the rate okay. does go back down, you're going to be back in a very favorable position, mm -hmm. right? Smart. On the other flip side of that as well, too. So I have, I like to share my little stories. You know, I like to get talkative, <laughs> yeah. right? So I had a client that I got them their first property. Congratulations to them yeah. uh, in April. Okay. And I got them a variable. I said, hey, variable is the way I would go. He's an investor. He's an mm -hmm. aspiring investor. It's his first property. He's Plan to get more. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, listen, go with the variable. It's cheaper now. Yeah. The variable rate at the time, I think, was 2.5. Oh, wow. And fixed at that time was about 4.5. Okay. Okay. So a 2% difference right off the rip. Mm -hmm. And throughout the, the, from then till now, obviously, he had the rate jump that went up 0.5. He took the variable? He took the variable. Uh -huh. And he had the, the rate hike that went up 0.5 from then till now. And then he's anticipating the 0.75 that's coming in July. So he's yeah. freaking out, calls me and he's like, Hey, like, I'm really worried about this. <laughs> um, what do you propose I do? And I'm like, listen, rates right now are what it is. Yeah. Fixed right now is five and a half oh, geez, in that rate, in that room. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I think the common misconception is that people think that their variable rate right now, if they lock it in, yeah. they're locking it at the rate that they currently have on that variable. Mm -hmm. That's false. You're locking in at whatever the fixed is at that time. Oh, so, you, so the fix goes up. Yours goes up too. So not not only that. So your his right now, let's say his rate is three three and a, is three percent. Okay. But the fix at that same institution is five point five. Mm -hmm. If he chooses to lock in his rate, he instantly jumps to the five point five. Yes. Not locking the three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So you instantly take a two and a half interest rate jump immediately once you lock in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as yeah. opposed to the 0.75 that you're worried about. Yeah, 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 yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. when you consider the fact that rates, like I said, tend to go down as well too. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to lock your variable rate mortgage, you need to be thinking that your rate is going to exceed whatever it, fixed is right now. Mm. So you need to be worried of not 0.75, you need to be worried of 3% yeah, exactly. increases. Yeah. Because otherwise it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the time factor. So let's say you have that 3% right now mm -hmm. and fixed is 5.5. Mm -hmm. Rates have to get to 2.5% higher and exceed that. But it only jumps through those rate hikes, which yeah. happen every couple of months. Yeah. So even if you think it's going to get to 5.5, yeah. you still have a year and a half till yeah. it gets to that 5.5 mm -hmm. of constant increases. Yeah. Which means you'd be saving money in that time exactly. frame because you didn't switch immediately. Exactly. So, because if you had it from the jump, you would be paying that five, 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 five. From now, five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're you would actually be spending more money. Exactly. Okay, and sense. that's the thing that fear does to people. Mm. They don't think rationally anymore. Yeah. But if you look at it strictly from a numerical standpoint, okay, I'm paying X amount right now. Do I think my payment is going to exceed Y amount? Yeah. If I do. 
by when. Mm -hmm. And if that time factor doesn't make sense and it's going to greatly exceed whatever that number is, mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to switch. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's that's one thing I really want to point out to people as well, too, that I and why I still strongly feel that variable is the option to go, because not only are you saving money today, but also going with the fixed option now is much more expensive. Yeah. So that's just one thing I really want to point out in the whole variable versus fixed rate, because I know that that's something that is, you know, worrisome and it can really be, it, it can make people anxious, yeah. but you still have to make sure that you're being rational about things. And if you're looking at things from strictly a affordability standpoint, mm -hmm. it does not make sense to make mm -hmm. that switch unless you truly believe that that's it's going to greatly exceed, uh, exceed that. Exceed that. Exactly. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So pricing in the housing market is cooling down, right? Mm -hmm. So does it make sense? to take out equity right now and invest in another property mm -hmm. as it's cooling down? What do you think? And obviously this is a personal opinion. Of course, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exactly what I was gonna allude to right away. Like it depends on what are you taking the equity out for? Okay. Because if you're just taking out equity to, you know, maybe, I don't know, buy like a luxury something purchase, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like then it might not make sense, right? Because that's gonna be an added expense that you're taking on. Yeah these already higher interest rates, right? So when you take out equity, it's not just gonna be cold hard cash without it offsetting something else, right? Yes. You're gonna be increasing the amount of debt that you owe. Mm -hmm. So is that increase in debt going to, the cost that's associated with it, is it gonna be worth whatever you took out that cash for? Oh, so that's why I tell a lot of my clients right now who are looking to take out equity and maybe use it to buy another property, is the cash flow that you're expecting to see from that property going to offset the expense associated with taking out that equity? Okay. So sense. that's why it gets a little, you know, it gets creative. Mm -hmm, and yeah. I and I have fun, you know, playing with these numbers to make sure, okay, well, if we take out an extra 200 k from your property, yeah. we have to go find a property that's going to make sure that you're cash flowing enough to offset that cost of the 200 k that you just took out, right? Yeah. So that's what I that's why I really want people to, you know, think about if I'm going to take out equity from this property, what am I going to do with it? Mm -hmm. And how can I make sure that it's going to make sense in the grand scheme mm -hmm. of things because I've seen people take out equity to go buy a new luxury vehicle. Mm -hmm. If that's what really gets you off, cool. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, like is it going to be worth it to take out and then have to pay maybe 400, 500 a month extra yeah. on top of your expenses that you already have? Yeah to do whatever with that money that you're planning to do with it. Okay. So that's really that's what really comes into play. Another thing that I want people to be mindful of in the topic of taking out equity from a home is right now we're in a market where prices, like I said, are declining, right? Mm -hmm. So what that means is the value of your own property, it might be up in the air as well too. So you have to make sure now that if your plan is to take out equity, I would say to do so sooner rather than later, because the longer you wait in this current market, like this current climate, yeah. your value of your home could decrease drastically. Even more. Even more, right? Okay. And as someone who does mortgages, you only get a maximum in some cases of 80% of whatever your house is worth, oh, right? Okay. So if you're looking at trying to you know, take out X amount of money yeah. and that puts you over that 80% mark, you're gonna have to scale back on what you wanna take out yes, to yes. make it meet that 80% mark. Yeah. So that's why it's all, it's really key to know what your goal is, how much you're planning to take out. And if it's a, a large fraction of whatever your house is worth, what you think, yeah. you gotta really make sure you execute quickly because the longer you wait in this kind of a market, it could actually really drastically affect what the actual outcome is, right? So I had a client who was looking to do the, exactly that, pull out some equity from their home, consolidate debt, which yeah. is a great idea. Okay use your mortgage, which is relatively cheaper debt than okay. any other, you know, retail debt, such as credit cards, line of yes, credits, yes. car loans, which I thought was a smart idea. So she was trying to do that as well as take out enough cash to also Perfect. go buy another property. Okay. 
So her home was in Brampton, is in, is in Brampton, and it's a detached home. And she actually looked into doing this in February. Oh, so now so, it's different. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you the number. Yeah, 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 yeah. February, she's looking to do it. And her she got an appraisal done. The home was valued at $1.4 which gives her a large leeway to do what she wants to do because she gets 80% of that 1.4, up yeah, to 80%, up to, yeah. right? So we did her appraisal again three weeks ago. So that was middle of early June, late May. Yeah. And the value of the home was... One million seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, so right just under one point one. So she lost like three three hundred thousand dollars of three hundred thousand dollars worth of value in her home just by waiting a couple. Just months. by waiting three months because it's not that her house literally deteriorated. Yeah, it's the value of your home is going to be evaluated by what sales took part in your in your general area yeah as well as stuff like the market itself the economy, too right yeah. so if you wait right now and you have a house let's just say you have a townhouse in brampton right yeah your value is going to fluctuate because it's going to be dependent on what did other townhouses in your general area sell for recently mm-hmm. right not in january not in february yeah, not in march right when now. things are at their peak right now yeah so the more sales that take place in your area the more that's going to really affect the value in your property. Yeah. So that's why if you see people were scrambling to refinance their homes in February and March so they can maximize how much they took out. Yeah. Whereas right now, if you're looking to do that, you might be shortchanging yourself because now the value of your home is perceived to be less. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I want people to be mindful of. It's nothing wrong with taking out equity of your home. I strongly advise it if it makes sense for what you're trying to do. It's just a matter of making sure that a, you act quickly if you're trying to really max out to that 80% mm-hmm. value mark. You have a plan. And you have a plan that mm-hmm. is going to make sure that whatever your cost associated with taking out the equity is, is going to be offset with whatever you're using the money for. Okay, shoot, shoot. It's a lot. It's yeah, a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> so I'm just kind of curious. Like, did you advise her to go through with taking out equity or is she going to rethink it? So we're still going through with it for her particular situation. Um, The lender that we actually went to to get it done they had approved it at 80% of that value. From before? From No, from oh, the now. current one, okay. which was fine. And then they said, and this is something that people need to be mindful of as well too. So not only do values change and fluctuate in markets like this, yeah. but also lenders get skeptical. So sometimes they're like, eh, we're not doing 80% anymore, we're doing 70. Oh. And that's what happened with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with her particular situation, she got 70 from that one lender. And then for the extra little bit that won't be covered from that one lender, we're going to get her with a private mortgage that will defer her payments. Oh, true, so true. she'll still get the total amount of money still to her. Yeah. But it's just going to be a little bit more convoluted in how it's set up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because that one lender wasn't comfortable going to the full 80% because they're like, well, the value might dip some more. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's something that lenders have full autonomy to do. Yeah. And people need are unaware of until they actually need to utilize them. And then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you can do that? And then they, they can't. Yeah. It's their rules. Yeah. It's their money. It's their you know money. what I mean? Exactly. So that's why um, it's it's really important that you reach out to your professionals and you make a plan so that they can advise you, hey, if this is your plan. Let's get started now or we can push this off to later on. And they can guide you to make sure that your plan gets seen through. Okay. Dope. Dope. That's good information. So what do you see for the remainder of 2022? Prices keep hiking or, or sorry, rates keep hiking or what do you see? <sighs> I know it's a crystal ball. The crystal thing. ball, crystal ball. I'm going to get in my Miss Cleo bag. <laughs> um, honestly, I, I think for the remainder of the year, as I've, it's been clearly stated that one of the priorities of government is to really hedge inflation and cool off inflation. So all that pe- 
printing pandemic money. Exactly. We're seeing the effects of what they were doing a year or two ago with just handing sure. people serve checks. Yeah. I mean, I'm guilty too. I took yeah. a couple. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're really just trying to hedge inflation right now. So I can see for the remainder of the year that, you know, rates will continue to go up. I think yeah. that 0.75 that's coming in July is is coming. I can see another rate hike at some other point in the year as well too. Mm -hmm. But then I see after that, I see into 2023, I think that once we actually get to stabilize inflation, we cool it off successfully. Mm -hmm. I think rates can come back down now to a part where a place where it's back to where maybe we saw earlier this year okay. or maybe we saw a couple months ago. Okay. So I think that this is more so a tactic to hedge inflation temporarily, mm -hmm. um, bring that back to a stable point, and then we can go back down in, in interest rates. And then that's when things can be a little bit more comfortable and affordable for people. Mm -hmm. Because I think where, where it's headed in the tail end of this year is not sustainable. Yeah. I mean, people are really going to see and feel the discomfort of their mortgage now being maybe a couple hundred bucks more than it was yeah. a couple months ago. Yeah. And that's going to force people to sell. That's going to, which is going to, not be really beneficial in, in the grand scheme of things because if you force people to sell, but then everyone's buying power is weakened because the qualifying rates are higher, yeah. who it's you still have the, the, the you still have the problem, yeah. right? So I think that that's not going to be sustainable long term, but I think it'll help hedge inflation for the short term, which is what they're trying to do right now. Yeah. And then once they're we're at that stable point, then maybe we can coast at a place where rates are a little bit lower than what they are right now. Okay. That's what I see. I think prices will continue to dip a little bit with that same trend of rates going up. I think that's a pretty mutually, you know, ex like inclusive relationship. Like as rates go higher, mm, the prices will dip a little bit. Rate. Right. Okay. And then once we meet that stabilized point and people get comfortable, then you'll see the prices continue to go back up because okay. we'll be more comfortable purchasing again. Right. Okay. Um, I think that's, that's really what I could see for the end of this year. And then maybe into, into the beginning of next year. Okay. And, uh, we'll see what happens. Right. I think that it's, it's kind of fun to watch what happens too. Yeah, right. It's just as long as you know, you make sure you know what you're doing. Yeah. Cause even myself, like my, I, my property, I think I told you about in Sudbury. Yes. So I had to do, like I told you, my, my the plan burr. for that was the burr. The burr. Yeah. Exactly. So I bought it, renovated. Renovations are almost done. We're done. In, we're in the last unit now. Okay. And then once the renovations are done, I can refinance yeah. at 80% of whatever the house is worth. Oh, now though. Exactly. So what are you going to do? Bro, I got I got to <laughs> roll with the punches, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but that's yeah. also why you make sure that you buy within your means and you buy true, smart. So true. I bought it at a price where it was already well below value at that time. Yeah. So even though values are a little bit lower now than they're still higher than what they were last year. Yeah. So you still made. I still made money and I yeah. can still refinance at 80% of whatever that value is going to be and still going to, you know, cover all my expenses for the renovations and all true, that stuff and still true. cash flow as well too, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's one thing that I think investors need to be aware of as well when they're trying to buy right now is if you're trying to buy a property that's going to cash flow does it cash flow at last year's rates or does it cash flow with this current rate? True. Does it cash flow with the rates that we might see at the end of the year? Mm -hmm. You got to really play your numbers by, you know, by what you're seeing. And for someone like me, who's like a little bit more of a savvier investor, like I make sure that I, when I run my numbers, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be looking as if my mortgage is this amount, even though it's not. Oh, so if anything, I'm going to be cash flowing more. Smart. So that's smart. why, you know, you make sure you buy comfortably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's something that I would say is, you know, on the on the other flip side of things for maybe not your average purchaser who is going to be like someone looking for their first time, like a first time home buyer who's looking to just get somewhere to live for the next three to four to five years. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's an investor. You got to mm -hmm. make sure that your numbers work in a higher interest rate atmosphere. OK, dope, dope. So here's a question. Like, uh, obviously, you're a landlord, right? Mm -hmm. So can landlords benefit in this economy? In this economy, it's tough, man. I feel like I feel like they still ultimately benefit. But I think it really boils down to what is what do you consider a benefit and what do you consider a win, right? True. Some of us as investors, you know, prioritize cash flow. Yeah. 
Some of them don't really care about cash flow. As long as it's breaking even, they're good because they know over the course of time it's going to appreciate. Exactly. Right. So sometimes you get both. Mm -hmm. And I think you can benefit right now if you're looking to hold that property long term, because if you know right now and you're you like I said, you've been looking at the trends and this is what I do for a day for for a living. Right. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, rates are high right now. The affordability to a property on a month to month basis is higher right now. You know, it might be tough right now. Yeah. But I know that, you know, things will stabilize and then the affordability of it will be kind of easier maybe next year, next, yeah. the, the, the couple months later down the road. So if you can secure a property at a discount right now because prices are down because mm-hmm. of those rates, then you win. Yeah. Right. So I think if someone looking to be a landlord to acquire a property to, that they're going to use as a rental, yeah. I think it makes sense as long as those numbers, like I said, make sense. sense at the end of the day too. Right. Because if you can get a property that's worth, like, you know, the property that you saw last year for 650, yeah. it's probably worth, you could probably buy it for 500 right now. Jeez. Right. So things are on sale. Yeah, literally, literally. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's almost like if you want to compare it to like, I know you've had a couple of crypto people up here too. Yeah. If you compare it to Bitcoin. Yeah. Bitcoin's in the tank right now. Yeah. Right. But if you still see the long-term benefit to having Bitcoin, yeah. I'm scooping about a Bitcoin. Exactly. So that's how I look at it with real estate too. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I get things at a little bit of a discount right now. Mm-hmm. I make sure I hold it and then I'm going to stabilize later on and I'll still profit in the end as well too. Not to mention, I saw, you know, I graphs all day. Yeah. I saw a, a graph that said um, rent is 8% higher than it was last year. Oh, jeez. Across the province. Yeah. <laughs> you know what jeez. I mean? So if you still get a property that is, you know, maybe a little bit more costly on a month-to-month basis because that mortgage is more expensive. The matching that. The, the rent's going to go up with that too, mm-hmm. right? So because landlords charge enough to cover the mortgage, yeah, yeah. right? So I still think there's a benefit in it as an investor and as a landlord to still acquire properties as long as you run your numbers, you buy within your means, and you can handle the carrying costs associated with that property. Okay, dope, dope. Um, do you have any more information just about mortgage rates, purchasing, like um, investing, before we go? Um, honestly, the biggest thing that I really want to leave people with was just to be aware of their current situation. And what I what I mean by that is, if you got a pre-approval, which I I, I, ex- I expressed the importance of a pre-approval on yes. the last episode. Mm-hmm. For those of you who didn't watch, make sure you guys go yeah, check out I'm that like, episode I'm as like well that. too. <laughs> um, so basically with a pre-approval, it's somebody that's gonna be letting you know, okay, hey, you know, John Doe, you're good to make a purchase price of this amount with this down payment and you qualify for this much in a mortgage, right? Oh, okay. So you're good to go. You know you can confidently shop within that budget. Okay. If you got your pre-approval done in May, in April, do it again. Do it again because mm-hmm. rates have changed. And like I said, those qualifying rates have changed as well, too. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I want people to be doing right now is going out, making purchases, and then they're caught holding the bag because they can't get financing because yeah. that's a sticky situation to be in. Yeah. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of people as well, too, to be aware of when you're buying properties. I know people get into these really aggressive um, bidding wars mm-hmm. and I'm seeing a lot of people now and some who deals with the financing aspect of it, they don't realize that they you can buy a property and you can pay a purchase price that's well over asking, but your purchase price that you actually end up agreeing on still has to be reasonable because when I get a purchase agreement, right. And I'm like, okay, let me take this to TD or Scotia to go get you your mortgage. They're going to ask for an appraisal to be done. Okay. And if the appraisal that's done on that property is saying that the value of that property is less than what you purchased for it. Yeah. The lender doesn't have to give you financing. Oh, they can give you uh, the appraisal price. Exactly. And you gotta figure. And it you out. gotta figure out that difference, right? So that's why I'm like, that's it's sticky. not. It's not. <laughs> it's very sticky because if you came into this like, okay, I'm gonna put down five percent down payment, yeah, and then I go get the appraisal, and based on the appraisal, the lender is saying, well, whoa, you need to have this much of a down payment. 
because we're only going to give you this much of a mortgage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to cover that gap. Mm-hmm. You might be stuck holding the bag. And the fees and the fines and the penalties for someone who cannot actually successfully get financing and then they have to pull out the deal that was already firmed up yeah, on. That's too much. You don't- it's a lot. And you actually run the risk of getting sued by the seller. Yeah. So just to avoid all of that headache, make sure you guys talk to your professionals, figure out your numbers and, and buy within them because it can be a really ugly situation if you don't. So that's just what I want to leave people with. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Episode 23. Yes. Thank you for coming MJ, back. MJ, wrapping it up. <laughs> Thank you for coming back and sharing this current uh, information that people need to know now because mm-hmm. that's why I, I want you back. Because, appreciate you, know, There's man. a lot going on right now. So for I, sure. I, thank you. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. you having me, man. I, I, I'm listening. I said, anytime you need me here, I'm going to be here. Okay. <laughs> dope. Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate it, man. It. No, no.